isn't it interesting that there are different rules for different people in the workplace? And let's talk about it. Hey, welcome, welcome. Guess what? This is my very first podcast for um, this channel. And I am so excited because um, as a training consultant, my life has changed so much due due to recent events um, in our country. You know what I'm talking about, the pandemic, the global situation, and people are not going to be doing big training events anymore. And I said, you know what? I still got a lot to say. So um, here we go. Podcast, here we are. So thank you for listening. Hey, let me tell you, I'm going to just jump right in. Um, But I want to tell you that I am a training consultant in the Midwest, have been for several years, um, close to 20, uh, maybe closer to 25, uh, if you want to be honest. And um, I am certified in Myers-Briggs. I'm certified in DISC to to facilitate it. I'm also certified in um, True Colors, which is my favorite tool for personality and temperament research. I'm going to tell you, if you are curious about how to leverage your strengths and how to bring your best self to work and in life, you got to explore True Colors. Now, Myers-Briggs, I'm a fan. I learned about it. Took my first in college, my first assessment, and I found out what my letters were. But here's the funny thing about it. I forgot probably the next day (laughs) what my letters were because the letters just don't translate for me into real life as easily as colors. And True Colors, I was certified by, and I cannot remember the wife's name, but by a couple. Uh, Two PhDs came to Kansas City a million years ago, and they put us through this rigorous multi-day training. I think it was three or four days. Um, It's been so long ago. And they put us through this training and taught us about the the facilitation skills, taught us about the research, and it has really um, been a life changer for me. Um, Once you know how individuals process information and how they live their lives, you're able to really collaborate with them and help them be their best selves while minimizing your own stress. Perfect example. And if you've seen my blog on terrycbrooks.com, I talk about it a lot. Um, Also talk about it on thinkblinklearn.com. And if you check it out, you know what I mean. Um, Example, I have a very organized husband. That is his nature. I've talked to his mother and she said he was organized as a child. Also, he's a rich question answer, asker rather, and answerer too. Um, He asked lots of questions. And once I uh, met him, I think we dated and I gave him the True Colors assessment. And I found out, you know, that he is a green, cognitive, analytical, conceptual gold, which means he's structured, organized, um, very traditional in the ways that he likes things according to tradition. Once I figured that out, I knew how to, I, I really think that's how I grabbed him, but I knew how to communicate with him. I knew that he was a bulletproof guy and things had to be um, in order and done in order. Even if I planned a date, I had to have it orderly and organized just to work with him. Now, I, I hope that you listen to me again 
and you'll learn that I am on a similar side of the spectrum, but I have a second color that really um, makes me totally different from him. I share the green temperament with him, but my first color is orange, which is the adventurous, um, free-flowing, I can't stand rules <laughs> temperament. <laughs> I make rules. I don't like to follow them. Um, that's me. And so knowing what I know about myself, I know how to present myself and information to my husband so that he can best receive it. Okay. So bullet points. I mean, even I keep things so simple when I need things from him, I will send him a text with the fewest, most succinct letters <laughs> to make sure that he understands what I need him to do. Right. Um, if I need to leave him a note at the house, honey, it's a post-it note with three words on it. I mean, so I need to keep things pretty succinct and clear and concise for him just based on his temperament. So knowing this information really does help you to know how to navigate relationships. But we're going to talk about this on this podcast in a lot more detail um, and talk about how this all shows up in the workplace, how it plays out in the workplace. That's really what this podcast is going to talk about. And we'll also talk about, you know, hey, life, I'm not going to limit myself to only the workplace. So with that said, I got two blogs too. I have the one, which is my consulting blog, terrycbrooks.com. And that is all about business. That's all about work and letting your temperament guide you um, in, in how you interact at work. Then I have thinkblinklearn.com. What is that about? Letting that temperament show up in every area of your life, including dating, friendships, even your entertainment. And we talk about all that. So just to give you an idea, I felt like I had to introduce myself um, and let you know who I am. And um, before we can continue on, but you know what? This podcast is going to be um, a, so much fun for me because although I have individuals that I do coach, I'm still trying to really figure out where I'm going because the pandemic has really um, thrown our world in a, quite a tailspin, you know, so um, the world's going to look different for people like me who go out into um the universe and make things happen because you know people are not ready to kind of get together just yet maybe they will be soon but right now they're not so um hey go on this ride with me and I hope you enjoy the content I hope you learn from the content and I definitely want you to like and subscribe because if you don't like it now guess what it's gonna get better hang in there with me <laughs> this is just the first one all right thanks for going along the ride with me and um, yeah check me out online okay thank you go on to the next podcast episode and let's jump into a real topic Yeah, today's topic, I don't have a blog post written about it just yet, and I don't know if I will because it is such a sensitive topic, um, and it begins from my own personal experience, but it's also very relevant to what's going on in popular culture today and in society and, you know what, and in history. Um, so I really wanted to explore the concept of how African-Americans simply have to navigate the world very differently than um, other people in the workforce. And it has hit me and touched me um, very closely. Um, but it's something that I feel like we need to talk about 
and I want to be a conversation starter. I don't even know if I'm a problem solver on this platform, but I do know that I want to be a conversation starter. So let's go ahead and start the conversation. Now, it started, as I think I've mentioned, in a very personal place for me. And the way it turned out was I worked at a predominantly um, Caucasian place and I was a manager there. And I, (laughs) if you probably have listened to any of my podcasts, you know, I'm a giggler. I like to laugh. I'm uh, generally that's me all the time. And I was pulled into my um, direct manager's office and she told me that I she was going to write me up because I look so angry all the time. And I thought, oh my gosh, I do. And I said, I mean, this is how dumb I am. I was like, really? Oh my gosh. I mean, when was I, I do, I look angry knowing in my mind, I'm not an angry person. If anything, I am a chronic giggler. And that's just who I am. But she told me the meeting we had just left, she had just had enough of it and was going to basically write me up. And I was so floored and so shocked and so like, what? What is happening? Is this a joke? Am I being punked? You know, is a camera going to come out from behind her head and and um, make sure that I get on national TV? or something? I don't know. It just blew my mind. And I I realized she was serious. And I said, oh, can you tell me more? Um, And she was so young that honestly, I don't even think she knew what she was talking about. But um, I said, please tell, can you tell me more? I, I really do want to be better. I want to be my best self, right? So she said, well, you look so serious in meetings. And I'm pausing intentionally. I looked across at her and I'm like, I look what? (laughs) And she said, you look so serious in meetings. And I thought, well, how am I supposed to look? (laughs) You know, and I I said, well, is that mean or serious? What am I, you know, being reprimanded for? And she said, I don't know. She said, I just don't like how you look in meetings. Can you smile more? And (laughs) I was just floored, right? Just like I'm even recanting it to you or not recanting it, but retelling the story. I'm still just as floored. It's been some time since this has happened. And I said, no, I I smile when there's something to smile about. Um, But long story short, I I refused to sign the little write-up HR sheet. I said, I'm not signing that. That's bull. I mean, because I said, I'm not, I'm not looking mean. I'm not unhappy. And of course, the blue in me, if you know, follow me on True Colors, you know what that means. It was me going around to colleagues that were in the meeting with me. And I said, did I seem odd to you in the meeting? Um, No, you seemed fine. You were like your normal self. I said, okay, that's one. And I kind of went around a few places and kind of did my own personal tally. And no one said that I was looking mean. And in fact, I, you know, I'm, I'm not being funny, but I'm one of the people that they would come to to talk to. And, and it was almost a distraction, but somebody's always in my chair talking and, and sharing and um, venting. And I'm that person, right, that people come to and I encourage and I support. And I was like, well, if I'm mean, nobody would come to me and talk to me, right? My chair would be blissfully empty, which honestly would be a good thing for me. But um, I just, you know, put my two and two together. And I'm like, this is crazy. 
But being the person that I am, kind of the self-actualized person, I took her feedback. I wasn't going to sign the, the paperwork, but I took the feedback. Um, and I said, you know what, maybe there's room for me to grow here. And long story short, I'd say maybe five years later, I was on a um, Zoom call. And, you know, that's the new normal, right? And so I'm on this Zoom call. And all of a sudden, I notice myself. If you've ever been on a Zoom call, you know that your face is always there. <laughs> You'll see other people, but your face is always visible. I don't know what that's about, but it is. And what I noticed is I was smiling throughout the meeting and nothing was being said to smile about. But I noticed that about myself and it made me think. So yeah, I um, noticed myself grinning. And I'll be very honest, I felt very emotional about it because no one else was grinning in their, their square. But the residue of, <clears throat> excuse me, allergies, I'm not crying. <laughs> if I was crying, I would own it. Um, but the allergies, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the squares, I looked at all the other managers and no one was smiling. We were talking about budgets or something. I mean, come on. And it just, it just floored me. I got this visceral emotional response where I almost teared up. And it affected me so that I literally had a piece of paper next to me with a pen, you know, for notes and my iPad. That's how I roll. I have both. And I um, wrote on the paper, I do not need to smile to make other people feel comfortable. And I, that's, I knew what it meant, okay? Because I, again, I'm the only African-American um, uh, in this meeting. <clears throat> and I was like, you know what? No. I'm not going to do that anymore. And I, um, it was so freeing for me to write that down. Now, here's the interesting part, though. This is what's going to get you. I casually, it was such an epiphany for me, that I casually told a girlfriend of mine about my epiphany. And it was so liberating. And I was just telling her how, you know what, I am free from the need to feel like I have to be the nice black person who is smiling and unintimidating for other people. And I'm not going to do that anymore. And so she said, oh my God, you felt that too? And I'm like, what? And now you got to know my girlfriend's smart, super smart. Um, AVP, she was an assistant vice president of a bank um, institution and a corporate. And she recently left to kind of get her life back. <laughs> but she felt the exact same pressure and has heard the exact same feedback. Need I tell you, she's also African-American. Then I talked to a friend of mine who is actually a CEO of a company. And if I said the name, you would, you would recognize it um, in the Midwest. And I had the same conversation weeks later. Guess what? Same dynamic. I've been told I look angry and I should smile more. And I thought, oh my gosh, this, there's something to this. This is a trend. Now, here's the kicker. I talked to a millennial, African-American in a government position, MBA, super smart, right? Handsome, smart, young, dynamic person, gentle spirit. I mentioned to this person the same thing. And guess what he says? Ding, ding, ding. You get it. He had the same feedback from a 
Caucasian person. Now, I know the whole context of resting you-know-what face. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about this. This is a microaggression is what I'm talking about. It's the need for some people to have African-Americans seem either smaller or happier or, um, you know, I don't know, unintimidating, if that makes sense. Um, Actually, a microaggression is defined in one place on NPR as um, an everyday subtle intentional or oftentimes unintentional interaction or behavior that communicates some sort of bias toward historically marginalized groups. Now, this is a quote from Kevin Nadal, okay, um, on an NPR article. If you need it, um, I can definitely send it to you. But I think that more often than not, it is actually um, unintentional. I think people don't know how to perceive African-Americans in the workplace, especially in management positions. So, um, you know, it's, it, it is what it is kind of thing. But one thing that I refuse to do is to give my power away and feel like I need to smile all the time and unnecessarily because I'm in a predominantly white atmosphere and people are intimidated by something about me. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And if you are the victim of a microaggression, I don't think you have to acquiesce to it. I don't, I didn't own that I was mean. I looked mean because I'm not mean and I don't look mean. (laughs) And I got too many people and too much proof to prove that I don't. Um, But it's, it's not fair that some people think that um, African-American women have to smile or men have to smile and grin and joke all of the time. Hey, you know what? I even heard from a friend that he um, sometimes um, he's a VP, um, and he said that he used to think he had to take some of the the octave out of his voice or the bass out of his voice because it seemed to intimidate people and made him too black, so to speak, for people. And I'm like, this is a VP with a law degree, okay? Um, why would he have to do that? So I I don't have any. I'm I'm sorry, I have no answers. For us here, I, I really wish I did um, have the answer to this, but I hope it's a conversation starter to help us all think about, myself included, how we have um, sometimes very unfair expectations for, of people based on their ethnicity. That's not fair. You know, that is so unfair. So I hope that, like I said, this just made you think a little bit. Um, I would invite you to ask African-Americans in your life, you know, if they have experienced the same thing. Because here's the funny thing that I've learned from all this. I've learned that if you talk to people, you learn so much (laughs) more than if you just stay quiet and experience life in your private misery, so to speak. Um, You learn so much more. So um, even if you're a Caucasian person, I invite you, ask your, if you have a relationship, don't ask, don't go finding a random black person at Walmart. That may not end well. But if you have a relationship with somebody, ask them questions. Get to know how they experience the world and how they navigate. I have one of my dearest friends who if I told her my experience um, and she's not African-American, she'd probably be like, what? 
really? You know, because um, this is something that, you know, uh, most people probably wouldn't be aware of. Heck, I wasn't aware of it and I'm black. Um, so I really don't, like I said, I don't have any, any hardcore answers, but I do have a suggestion. Um, when we talk to one another, I think we understand one another better because had that um, silly manager asked me, um, well, how did the meeting go for you? Were you upset? Did anything bother you? You know, any thoughts um, that you want to talk about? You know, that would have gone a lot further than an accusatory, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. I am so sorry. Podcast cough. And I have a cough button, but you know what? That just happened. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm in Missouri and this is allergy season, honey. And so I'm just glad to have a voice. <laughs> I'm very thankful for a voice. But anyway, I'm, I mean, I feel like the subject matter is too raw and too um, personal for me to, to re-record. So please accept my apology. I won't cough again. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'll try not to cough again. But um, I do want to leave this out in, in the podcast world because, um, hey, it's, it's something that we can talk about. And I really do advocate for us talking to each other and communicating with one another between the races, just so we can understand how the other person views the world. I can't pretend that I understand my friend because of the um, social media that I share with them. You know, that's just a little snapshot. And that's also the cowards lair, in my opinion. That's where the cowards go to spew mean things that they, you know, aren't are too afraid to say in real life. Um, but yeah, but if get to know each other, I think, and I'm going to definitely challenge myself, you know, to talk to more Caucasian people about their experience, knowing that I'm going to say the wrong thing sometimes and um, it's okay. And if I say the wrong thing, I will invite them to correct me, but not to hate me because of it. And so you, if you're Caucasian or another ethnicity, talk to your African-American friends. Um, in this current cultural season, in the workplace, a lot of us aren't okay. They're not. Um, and we're not. It's A lot of us are really kind of treading water and um, trying to figure out a whole lot of things <laughs> that, um, you know, we're navigating not only, you know, not being for us, many of us not being on site in our offices, but we're navigating this different political season and this different, um, yeah, social season. And um, I think a conversation can go a long way to salvaging that friendship and making sure that each of us on each side is heard. You know, I don't believe in bringing politics in the workforce. That I find to be um, somewhat unprofessional. Um, but I do think that in context of relationships, if there's people that I go to lunch with or I giggle with or that I know, why not talk to them about um, how they experience life? Um, why not talk to them about um, what kind of struggles they've had and um, just to better understand and maybe to help for me to help me, you know, maybe I'm guilty of microaggressions, like assuming how someone should look or something. Uh, I don't know unless I'm told. And the best person to tell me is somebody who is in some sort of a relationship with me. Right. So, hey, like Ellen says, let's be kind to one another <laughs> and let's just get through this season. But um, conversation starter is what I think this is the most. If I had to pull out or squeeze out any next steps, let's talk to each other and understand that the truth of the matter is, is we're all um, experiencing life differently than people 
who don't look like us. And the only way we'll ever understand and develop a sense of empathy is if we talk to one another. Okay, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.